Hi, Eric. Hi, Nick. Hi, Anya and Trin. Hey! So I think that you two artists would get along. Yes, without a doubt. We are going to get along famously. I think so, too. <laughs> Hello and welcome to I Think You Two Would Get Along. It is the podcast that comes out of the Kickstarter Games team. Uh, today, our co-hosting, it's it's me, Trin Garitano, uh, digital games lead at Kickstarter, and also Anya Combs. Anya, thank you for making the time to be on the show again. Are you so excited about this? Yeah, I'm excited to uh, troll Nick as hard as I possibly can. <laughs> I kind of, I had a feeling that that was uh, the way that your guys' relationship worked, and I'm really excited to see how that plays out on the show. Um, <laughs> so this is, I think you two would get along. It's going to be a casual conversation with two people from the games industry that we think we'd get along. Uh, we're focusing on artists today, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves in just a second, because I'm going to explain to you guys what the hell this show is. So what we do is we go through the process of making a friend. So in small talk, we kind of, uh, you know, we BS together. We get to know each other on a surface level because when you first meet someone you're not going to dig into their past traumas immediately and then we're going to do medium talk uh, where Anya and I are going to ask questions to our guests about the medium of games and the medium of art and then the last section and hopefully we get to it we don't always do but on a large talk is when we pose a gigantic big philosophical question that nobody really has the answer to but you kind of learn a little bit about a person when they try to answer it while we are thinking about trolling Nick, Anya, I think it would only be appropriate if you set up Nick introducing himself. Hey, Nick, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Nick Nazaro. I'm co-founder and lead artist at Layways Games. We make games like Dragoon and Human Era, Life Siphon, Heads Will Roll, Metal, uh, the Dragoon expansion. I am also making art for TV animation. So I've worked at studios like Starburns Industries, Renegade Animation, uh, I'm at Titmouse right now, making a secret show I can't talk about, and we'll see if I accidentally spill some beans. I hope I don't. <laughs> well, that's what uh, editing is for, so don't worry about it. What can, what can you say about the project? Like, literally nothing? or I did not do a good job of reading my NDA, so I'm not really sure. Oh my God. So I'm going to probably <laughs> just say nothing. Don't get sued for our Kickstarter podcast, please. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try not to. <laughs> We also have on the show, I'm very excited to introduce to you all, Eric Huang, who is a local Chicagoan like me and is working on Battle Chef Brigade, uh, which is like an incredible game about like being magical and also being in uh, an anime and making food. And it's really great. Um, Eric, I, I'm sure I butchered every detail of your life. Would you like to give a quick introduction to who you are? Actually, you did a great job. I started working in Chicago around 2009 uh, for Wide Load Games. Uh, they made Stubbs the Zombie and Guilty Party. And from there, I uh, met my future uh, co-founders of our indie studio at uh, Trinket Studios. We've made uh, two mobile titles, but our most notable one is Battle Chef Brigade. Eric, you work primarily in video games. Nick, you work in tabletop. What art did you uh, kind of um, consume and, and really get into first? Like, um, For me personally, I would say anime making its way across the ocean and ending up on Saturday morning cartoons, Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon and Pokemon. All of those 
early 90s anime shows definitely made a huge impression on me. And Miyazaki as well. All of those very charming, heartwarming films. I would say those are probably my biggest initial influences. That's rad. So, like, if you were, you know, doing an indoor recess in elementary school and somebody were to catch you doodling, it would be like Sailor Moon stuff? <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't drawing Sailor Moon specifically, but、um, anime style for sure. Yeah. Rad, rad. Nick, how about you? So, who was your first artist that you were obsessed with? Mine was Lisa Frank. Uh, that's an excellent answer, and everyone should be inspired at least a little bit by Lisa Frank. That's, that's excellent. <laughs>、uh, I would say that anime definitely did influence me early on. I, I think that, like,、uh, in my early days of drawing, like a ton of artists today around our ages, they would be drawing, like, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. That's just, like, bound to happen. So I would say that that's definitely true. I think that my influences and what I admired definitely changed once I got into college. Um, yeah. And started practicing art a lot more. And then, even towards the end of college, I think my tastes had changed a lot. And who I admired at that point was completely different. I used to be like, very focused on line art. So, people who could draw really well just, just line, like Chris Samney, his, his comics are amazing. And I really wanted to replicate his look.、Uh, and then I realized that what I valued in art making had completely changed over the next couple of years, and I became a lot more about color and shape. And, and then I found other artists who I identified with a lot more, like、uh, Pam Wishbo and、uh, Allison Bamcat and、uh, Warwick Johnson Cadwell, whose art is excellent, Gary Taxali, Gary Baseman.、Uh, there's, there's a million really good illustrators out there. but Um, I'm still constantly you know, influenced by, by the art that I consume. So I try to look at a lot of art online and in person as much as possible.、Um, Anya, I want to kick off this next section, but I want to make sure you're on board with it. How, how, anime, how much anime have you consumed in your lifetime? <laughs> Uh, pretty much none. Okay, that's, I feel like that's okay. <laughs> and I feel like it's cool if you want to like, make fun of us for what we're about to do.、Uh, so, Nick and Eric, how much anime are you still, are you still doing? Because I, I have to admit this, just got into anime. But how, is anybody still, still into anime? What you watching?、Uh, I don't think it's, it's ever too late. Absolutely, I'm still consuming. Anime, I'm still watching it on an almost daily basis.、Uh, old stuff, new stuff. Recently, Trinket is trying to move on to a new project. It's hopefully going to be a sci fi epic with like giant mecha. So <laughs> I've been watching a lot of、uh, Gundam and I just finished like, the, the very popular Evangelion、uh, and Gurren Lagen, to name a few. So, yeah, yeah, I'm still watching a lot. <laughs>、uh, when I first met my best friend's girlfriend, the thing that we did was we, watched, we just sat down and watched five episodes of Gundam Wing. That's how she wanted us to get to know <gasps> each other. Oh、and、my gosh. It was very good. It was really wonderful. And I'll tell you what, you never know someone as deeply as when you know how they react to something like Gundam Wing. It was <laughs> very much a proper introduction. That's perfect that you're watching that because that's literally the show that I am watching for the first time right now. 
Is it blowing your mind? It's totally blowing my mind. The kids are just so over the top <laughs> dramatic. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> uh, Nick, what's the the last weird thing you've watched lately? I have seen a couple things recently. I've seen part of One Punch Man, uh, which is like amazingly comical, and everybody should watch it. And I should like take my own advice and finish the first season because it's really really funny and great. Um, I did watch the first season of My Hero Academia, which I could not stand at all. I, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, I, I should have known. Like, I'm pretty anti-school, so the show about, like, a superpower school kids, I'm like, they cry about how much they want to do well in class, and I'm just like, go live your life. This isn't important, <laughs> and I, I hate all of you. And then the other show I watched was uh, Attack on Titan, which is the craziest premise of a TV show ever. Mm-hmm. where there's just like giant naked creatures that eat you so you have to live in like this shelled community of giant walls and you never go outside the walls and it's insane there's a lot of people getting eaten my uh 13 year old nephew just did uh, an attack on titan cosplay and i and i was like oh this is cute and then i looked up what it was about and i was like okay you giant naked people they eat you um is that <laughs> Is, is he of the right age group for that? I I don't think so. Uh, I feel like I feel like kids should not be watching that show. <laughs> I, I feel like nobody is mature enough and ready for that show. What is like the most on the line thing that you've ever had to draw? Like whether it's for a client or for a project that you're working on? When I was an editorial illustrator for the small magazine in Boston, um, I gave my art director a few different thumbnails for this this piece on someone complaining about this dickhead waiter at this very specific coffee shop. And I gave them a few options as I always do, like here's a few different ways we could tackle this with an illustration. And one of them was a super literal uh, dickhead where the waiter was a giant shaft of a penis with with, with two <laughs> testicles as feet with like really small sneakers on them um oh, no. <laughs> car- like carrying a tray of food to their table and my, of course that's the one that the art director liked so i had to like fully render that out and that was like an <laughs> illustration that got printed that was like one of my first printed illustrations um so that was not ideal but at the time i'm like 21 i thought it was really funny it just goes to show you you never know what will click with somebody and uh, (laughs) sometimes it's like the weirdest part of your sense of humor yeah and it really does speak to like you whatever you show your art director um they will pick the one that you least want to do so don't even bother (laughs) do not show them that (laughs) i definitely also have some weird work experiences in the past um when when i was uh in new york uh before i moved to chicago i was freelancing for uh, this very small animation compositing studio and they had been tasked with doing all of the 2d flashbacks for this triple a title at the time uh, uh called dante's inferno and it was one of those games where they were trying to be so edgy and so dark and so mature and but not in a tasteful way <laughs> i was the storyboard artist for these flash 
backs and I was always like my first attempt at any scene would be to cover parts Aww. as artfully as I could and then you they would sweet boy <laughs> and then they would be like no we want to like fully show it this is like a fully mature adult game and I was like okay so then I was drawing you know fully nude bodies and then they would be like the nipples aren't big enough make them bigger and it's just like oh my god i can't believe i'm drawing this so yeah that's probably my weirdest job (laughs) wonderful now that we're speaking about high art let's move on to medium talk (laughs) so nick i'm glad that you brought up your uh, disdain for school and education um because i think one of the questions that we tend to get a lot in creative fields is like is going to creative school worth it so I think in your cases one I'd like to hear kind of your background on like what your educational background is and then also your general thoughts on art school Ooh, this is a loaded question mm-hmm <laughs> yay <laughs> Conflict, conflict, conflict. <laughs> um, I did get to go to an art high school, which was really, really helpful, so I started practicing my art pretty early. Uh, I did drop out of art high school and high school altogether uh, before working for a couple years uh, as a pretty young teenager, and then I did end up going back to college, where I went to an art college, before dropping out again. So <laughs> I'm pro-dropping out and not so pro-finishing school. Um, so there's a lot of people graduating right now, and to them I say, eh, good job, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big discussion point of, like, is school worth it? And I think that it's not, you know, specific to the art industry. It's very much across the board. Is school worth it for anyone? People are graduating from college more than ever, and they're not finding the, the, what was promised to them, the higher-paying jobs and, and all that. But I think especially in the creative fields, it's really all about, you know, the, your skill and, and what you can end up making. It's, it's all portfolio-based when it comes to actually landing jobs. And you don't really need, you definitely don't need the, uh, what, what school provides. You can practice on your own. There's plenty of resources to learn things if you want online. I think there is benefit to school. Is it worth the cost? I would say almost definitely not. For some people, it might be like if you get lots of grants, lots of scholarships, and you can get to go to school on the cheap, sure. But if you're like, you know, trading off your entire future because of how much debt it's going to put you in, you're probably not going to make quite enough to pay that back for a very long time, if ever. So it's, I think it's pretty easy now to say, like, you really have to weigh your options, and school is not an automatic thing you should be doing at all. You really got to... Uh, weigh the pros and cons. Eric, what about you? Especially in today's world with so much social media and ability to connect and get your work out there and be visible, it's absolutely not necessary to have to have a degree. I know of so many um, heads of studios, not that I know them personally, but through Twitter, I've seen them speak to this topic and say, like, it really is about the talent, the skill, the portfolio. They've hired people who don't have 
um, college degrees and so forth. It's just like, are they a good worker? Do, you know, um, for me personally, I don't think that the money justified what I experienced. But my oh, so you d you did go to art school? I went to uh, art college. Cool. Yeah. Um, but my main takeaway from it is the peers. And when, again, we live in this world where it's pretty easy to make a lot of uh, online friends, I'm not sure how that uh, changes for the youth uh, growing up now. But like for me, meeting other art kids and like like-minded <laughs> Uh, kids was super super good for me because I was all alone growing up as a kid um, uh, like you know feeling very isolated as an artist so finally when I went to school I was like oh my god people I can connect to so that was like the main thing I got out of it but I don't think it's worth like all the money for the classes <laughs> yeah no absolutely I, th I think also like just if, when we're talking about education moving forward right like Nick you're totally right it's not just the creative fields where there's sort of a question of like is this worth it right like there's that really sort of silly trope in Silicon Valley of like people going to Stanford just to drop out right like Mike Mark Zuckerberg and and even the Theranos lady, things like that, which maybe the Theranos lady isn't the best example. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that you both brought up social media because I do think one of the things that I've heard that's a positive for going to school is essentially like fostering the sense of community and like meeting peers. But because we live in an age where social media can essentially like um, be part of that, what are what do you both find is important to put on your social media like do you need to put a drawing up every day on twitter or for me personally it's shifted a lot over the last few years i used to be really high on instagram and trying to post as often as i could so i have probably close to i, I think just over a thousand posts and um you know i want to share it with as many people as i can i want people to see it i want people to interact but really instagram isn't the greatest for uh you know, communication in the way that Twitter can be. At least that's what I think. So I've kind of reshifted and focused more on Twitter recently because now I can actually talk to people because you're tweeting to people, they're replying, and it's a lot more conversational. And Instagram is sort of like you put an image up and you forget about it, you walk away. And ever since the algorithms changed, you kind of have to be doing that all the time to get anyone to even see your stuff. So I've switched more to... Twitter, I'm liking Twitter. There's a lot of negatives to Twitter, to be sure. But mm -hmm. I do find that I have a good time talking to people that aren't in my physical art community because L.A. is a great art community, and it's a big reason why I moved to L.A. from Boston. Boston is not full of artists in the same way that L.A. or New York is. So I think that that was a really great move for me. And um, outside of that, I get to talk to a lot of artists from all over the world on Twitter, and to a lesser extent, that's true on Instagram. But Instagram just feels very much like we're all just trying to show the entire world our stuff kind of separately, uh, especially because you can't share people's work, really. Like, you sort of can through stories now. But 
Twitter is like, you can be like friendly on there. I know that sounds weird given that it's Twitter, but just like retweeting someone else's work, quote retweeting, responding to their stuff. I think that it has the makings of a good art community and there's a lot of good art community stuff happening on Twitter. Uh, but it's obviously not as prevalent as uh, <laughs> the negative stuff happening on Twitter very co- very right. constantly. <laughs> yeah. Eric, what about you? What's like your, your social media strategy? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree about uh, Twitter. Um, when I first made a Twitter account many years ago, I was so apprehensive everyone makes the common joke about how it's just this platform for people to say that they're on the toilet. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be doing that. But then I, I got hooked like immediately because of how many artists are on there and how, uh, like Nick said, how easy it is to retweet and comment and make friends there. Um, and this is from someone who I don't have like an active Tumblr or an Instagram. The closest thing I had to an art presence online in the past was like a blog spot <laughs> um, or like a deviant art. <laughs> oh. Uh, so finding this new community through Twitter was a huge surprise to me. And absolutely, it comes with all the warts and other crud that that uh, platform has but as far as the art scene um, I love it and uh, to go back to um, one of the other questions you asked like I think it absolutely is a hustle like you still have to make sure that your posts are being um, like pinged or popping up in people's feeds so it is like you you have to be uh fairly frequent in your posting um yeah and uh scratching other artists back to like uh you can't just be isolated and not ever interacting with other people so yeah yeah no i think that totally makes sense uh Nick, there's something that you said that actually I think is kind of unique to you. And Eric, you can tell me if I'm wrong here because I'm not 100% sure how uh, Trinket Studios is set up. But Nick, you are uh, a team of, is it four or five people? Uh, Four co-founders, but then we have, you know, other people involved as like either contractors or, or, you know, basically contractors. So, but of of the four co-founders, you're the only one that's on the West Coast. And so everybody else is based on the East Coast. What is, what are sort of the like working dynamics of being the only person on the West Coast when you are uh, a team of four co-founders trying to release like a pretty aggressive release schedule? Um, mostly scheduling meetings is just annoying. Because <laughs> okay. they do it like, for them, it's the end of their evening. It's like right before bed. And for me, it's like interrupting dinner. You know, and there's no mm-hmm. solution to that, really. It's like they it's could brief. do earlier to interrupt their dinner, but then it's still middle of the day for me. So there's that's like the biggest thing. Um, other things will be like if I'm going to get stuff to them, like files, because I, I make a ton of files. That's a big part of what I do. And I do it after work. They're already asleep, you know, so they don't get it till the next day. So it definitely affects our schedule. Uh, but you just have to work around it and be aware of it. It's not 
so bad. It could definitely be a lot worse. So it's uh, it's okay. <laughs> it sounds like it sort of works to your advantage more than anybody else's. Other than the dinner interruption part. Yeah, but also, like, Nick, how much Taco Bell are you eating? Are we talking daily or weekly? <laughs> it's pretty frequent. It's pretty you, frequent. <laughs> I love Taco Bell. I, I know. We, I can't believe you live in L.A. and you eat Taco Bell, but that's, that's a discussion for another day. That's like Eric getting Domino's here in Chicago. Mm. Like, that's kind mm. of a sin. Anything, anything to avoid the deep dish, uh, which is not a pizza at okay, all. Okay, we can't, we can't have this conversation. Moving I forward. I actually agree. <laughs> I have to say, even being a Chicagoan, I agree that it's more of like a cake or like a bread, like a, okay. a thick bread. Okay. <laughs> it's an unwrapped calzone. Let me just say that on the record, even though it's sponsored by Taco Bell right now, <laughs> um, I absolutely love pizza and I'm also someone who's a bridge or like a peacekeeper between Chicago and New York pizza because I was in both cities for a time and I love both styles of pizza but I have to agree with Nick that like the deep dish is not really pizza it's just like this wad of bread with like cheese and sauce it's an aggressive amount of pizza it is nick i just don't trust anybody that lives in la that's that eats taco bell with their mexican food (laughs) i certainly don't well let let me let me um didn't i also take you to your first in and out last year no i've been in and out before Oh, okay. okay. Sorry, I thought for some reason that was last year. No, it's okay, though. I, I forgive you on that one. So Taco Bell <laughs> actually has a lot of good vegetarian and vegan options. Okay. And, I, and I'm not All vegetarian right. or vegan, but I have vegetarian and vegan friends. And it's just, like, it's everywhere. It's open late. And, like, sure, I'd rather go to, like, the taco truck on Avenue 26. It's got $1 tacos. Like, those are better without a doubt. But uh, I just end up at Taco Bell a lot. It's not hard to do. <laughs> I just, I just love giving you shit for that. Keep, keep, keep it coming. Also, keep gonna, it coming. I'm going to be in L.A. Uh, for E3, so you and I should definitely... Uh, we'll, we'll do like a good like Mexican food tour of L.A. Yeah, yeah anyway. I'll bring you out to my favorite Taco Bell. There's one in particular that's really worth going to. <laughs> the number one Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm very happy to make sure get, I will have food poisoning from it. So it'll be great. It'll be wonderful. While we're on the topic of cities, I wanted to ask real quick, because I know Nick and Eric, you both mentioned how important the internet has been for your networking, but you both moved from the cities that you last lived in, you know, Boston and New York, uh, respectively. Um, how how do you feel about like the community where you are? Like Nick, I know that you said you have a ton of artists. Do you meet a lot of game creators? And Eric, is the opposite true for you? Because I know that you work uh, with nearby game creators, but do you meet many artists? You don't really like just run into anyone in LA but like everyone you would want to run into is here somewhere so you can find them I I had a game creator just like on my air mattress like the last five nights Jordan Draper I'm sure you're all familiar with him at least a little bit yeah he was crashing here he's just passing through uh and there's some other good game creators out here for sure like the entire exploding kittens team is out here um other than their artist who is up in somewhere else I don't run into them a ton, but every now and then I run into someone who like wants to make a game, and it's awesome. And 
that's that's really neat. That that's more rare to run into. There's like every artist under the sun is seemingly in LA. Like it feels like I'm in art college all over again because you can't go to like downtown Burbank for lunch without running into all these crews from pretty much every current TV show uh, there is. So it's full of artists, some game creators, but maybe not to the same extent as Chicago. Chicago has like a lot of game creators. Yeah, I am so envious <laughs> hearing about like hearing about the animation uh, scene there and like the fact that you can run into people so often like that i think it's my own personality it might not be the reality of the landscape here in chicago but i definitely feel like starved for that artist peer community whatever you want to call it that i had like in college in new york there's a huge game dev scene here in chicago which is so awesome chicago is was like one of the pioneering or like premier cities with indie games specifically but as far as what i'm personally looking for like fellow anime nerd (laughs) (laughs) artists that I'm not so sure. And like, I'm aware of a bunch of comic artists here as well. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, I think, I think it's probably just like, I'm too much of a hermit. It's my own fault. I just need to. (laughs) We need to get you to go to ASEN and and Cake. Yes, yes. Both of those immediately stacked. Are you happy that you, like, left the city that you were in? If somebody was in a small city, would you tell them to get the hell out of Dodge and and move to a big urban metropolis? Or is there enough network and uh, community on the Internet that you don't really need to relocate? I think that for if you want to work in, you know, TV animation, you absolutely have to move to L.A. very specifically. I think moving almost across the board is a good idea in general, even if you grew up in a cool city, because I love Boston, but I think moving and getting out of it was one of the best things for me possible. And I think that would have been true with almost anywhere that I decided to move. LA turned out to be a really good call uh, for my career, I would say. And there's a lot of things about LA LA that I'm enjoying. It's got a lot of Taco Bells, uh, a lot of big (laughs) art community. Uh, But yeah, I think that if you're in a small city, because I, I actually get give this advice a lot at art panels at conventions where people want to break into a specific industry and you generally you have to you have to move there because uh, not that the art world is like a really tough competition but the people who get the jobs are the ones that are there and there's no real workaround for that unless you're like one of the best of the best in the entire world and that's very unlikely it's much easier just to move to LA uh, and be one of the best instead mm-hmm. of the absolute best. Because I know all my peers, you know, they 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 moved here for for work, pretty much. Like nobody in LA that I know is from LA, for except for maybe a couple people. But they all went to school here, or they moved here after school. And I think that it's definitely something that is more than reasonable. It should probably be encouraged. Uh, save the money that you would have spent on college to move to a different city. Amazing advice. Yes. <laughs> I actually agree with you. I moved from California to New York, and it was the the best thing I think I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, and good for you. And California is great, just like Boston is great, but, like, you can't do that for your entire life. I feel mm-hmm. like our generation specifically moving is 
a really, really good catalyst for growth. Mm -hmm. A couple generations above us, it's all about planting roots as soon as possible and staying there until you die. You know, like, <laughs> I absolutely recommend changing your scene. But while you're still young, uh, to all the young artists out there, yeah, don't be afraid. Uh, Give it a go and try a new place. I w I just wanted to agree with that so strongly. I had to jump in. It's that's <laughs> so true. I I didn't end up moving to California until I was 25, and I wish I had done it sooner because I I feel like in a lot of ways I didn't really become an adult until I was living 3,000 miles away from home, mm -hmm. doing everything on my own. Because mm -hmm. I didn't really go away for college. I went to a school in Boston, and I'm from Boston. I think my college was like two miles down the road. Uh, so I just like took the train every day, mm -hmm. but some of the most mature people I met in college, uh, like Alyssa, you guys know Alyssa mm -hmm. or Trinan, uh, yeah, she moved from like Ohio to Boston at age 18 and she was very mature and I, I don't know if she was necessarily mature before the move. I think that moving, uh, like Eric says, it just, it causes you to like just grow up real quick in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. I think there's two things to keep in mind here is one, we are the generation of FOMO right yeah like we're mm -hmm. constantly looking at social media and seeing what people within our networks are doing which i don't think our parents generation and our grandparents generation had that luxury so we're always like right. oh we should be doing more and doing things and going um and the second thing is i th i think to a certain degree eric you sort of mentioned like every four to five years if in a way it's sort of supplementing that college experience right so college can be mm -hmm. four to five years so rather than going to college you're sort of moving somewhere else just to kind of like grow learn make some mistakes you know four four to five years and then if you come back that's great if not and you move on that's also fine right does that make sense yeah totally um yeah. uh the first <clears throat> studio i was working at uh wide load i was part of an art team and i was the youngest and everyone else was 10 years older than me and observing them and uh, learning about them uh, I, <laughs> I make it sound like they're like a zoo animal or something they're, <laughs> they're, they're my close friends um, but, I just, but I just mean getting to know them better it's so interesting how a lot of them they stay in jobs or in locations for 10 years at a time like mm -hmm. 10 to 15 years or 20 years and it's always about like that stability yeah <laughs> and then like here i am with my two other co-founders of trinket and we're like you know we worked there for two or three years and then we're like oh we got to become indie and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know yeah mix things up so it's really interesting how our generation is a lot more i guess maybe antsy <laughs> yeah well, we're we're full of anxiety at all times, so. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. At least I am. So I have one last question, uh, art-related question, which I think is important to ask. Um, I have a lot of questions, but I think this one in particular, especially for uh, people that are looking to be artists in games. Um, what do you do to keep your art skills up to par? And what I specifically mean is, uh, you know, having sort of a, we'll just say traditional nine to five job or 10 to six, whatever it is, right? You only have a certain amount of time to kind of do uh, your creative outlet for yourself. So what do you do to sort of like practice and keep your skills um, 
up to where you think they should be? Uh, I think that everyone kind of has a different solution to that. I know that some of my colleagues, they do take a lot of classes, and I've had a lot of discussion with them about that because I am firmly against classes, mm. uh, at least for myself. I don't think classes are a bad idea. Nick, for... would you take a Taco Bell cooking class? <laughs> no, because... <laughs> Like one of the big benefits and alert of Taco Bell is oh, that they have my, my have my little taco in thirty seconds or less. There's no way I want to make that. That's, I want to consume them. That's way order too much another time. one. Yeah, to like yeah, yeah, learn absolutely. How to I, make it. Yes, yeah. That's a that's a crazy question. Uh, <laughs> never would I do that. But that I'm not anti-class. I I'm anti-class for myself because I keep my skills sharp. I'm doing a lot of art, you know, I, I do have a full-time day job as an artist, and then I do late-waste games art on the side, and then I try to do other freelance art on the, on the other side, if there is another side, mm -hmm. and all the while still doing some personal work, and there's, it's really easy when you're keeping yourself that busy to stay sharp, but for other people um, who don't have as many projects going at the same time, I would say that classes are great because you don't always want to be learning and practicing on the job while, you know, money's on the line. But that's how I like to do it, I guess. Yeah. No, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, Eric, what about you? It's a little bit weird. <laughs> okay. The normal, or what I think is normal, what I perceive to be normal for artists that stay sharp and also develop their skills is they set aside some amount of time to be like, I'm going to learn this new drawing program. Um, mm -hmm. As soon as I started uh, working in Trinket, it just absolutely consumed my life. Like I didn't have time to learn anything. I just had to produce. It was just like deadline after deadline after deadline. You just have to go, go, go get this out. So I didn't really have the time to set aside for um, self-growth in terms of like programs and, and staying up to date on that. But what I can say is literally just by doing it for five, six years, I absolutely have improved. That's one of those whole like 100,000 hours put in type of things. Um, I mean, if you're being intentional while also crafting, like being intentional in the sense that it's like, oh, wow, like this looks bad, I'm going to fix it, or I'm going to continue continuously observe um, and seek out how to improve your own work just by like doing it every day. It's really straightforward answer and basic, and there's like no magic to it, but that's what works for me. I think that's a great answer. I think that's a really good place to, to end our talk about the medium of, of art and games. Um, but before we go to our big philosophical last question, I just want to make sure that everyone knows who you are and where to find you. Oh, I'm all over the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at the Nazaro. If you tweet at me, I will tweet back. Uh, at the Nazaro is at sign T H E N A Z Z A R O. I have a lot of regret of doing my entire branding off my. I, I thought it, my last name is really cool, but it is hard to spell. It turns <laughs> out. And if I could go back and redo it and make it something simple, I would, but I can't. If you go to nickdraws.art, you will go to my website. Or you can try to spell my last name, and it's nicknazaro.com. Um, and I think the thing that I most want people to see soon is that we 
have a new game that we just wrapped up on Kickstarter like a month or a month and a half ago called Life Siphon. I'm really proud of how that's looking, and we're going to open up the Pledge Manager uh, backer kit so people can continue to get the game before we hit production. Uh, I think in the coming days, and it'll definitely be up and available by the time this podcast comes out. And what that URL is, psh, I don't know. If you go to my Twitter, it'll probably be there. But if you also go to like laywastegames.com, then I'm sure it'll have a redirect link to that. So go check that out as well. And also, if you follow me on Twitter and you ever come to LA, I will 100% buy you uh, at least two tacos at Taco Bell. <laughs> never ends. Never does. Eric Wong from Chicago, if you could give us a little where to find you and what we should look at. Nick, your art is so good. Oh my god! Like <laughs> I'm on the website right now. <laughs> Thank so. you so much. I'm, I actually yeah, have your really. art station up at the same time. You're I'm... <laughs> so cute. Stalking each other at the same time like friends. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Trinket Eric. Trinket T R I N K E T Eric E R I C. Uh, we're working on a new thing that is not announced, not even a teaser or anything. So you can't really look to that. But um, Battleship Brigade is on multiple platforms: Steam, Switch, and PS4. I played it at E3 last year, and it's awesome. <gasps> Creating art is actually way more physically demanding than people might think it is. Leaning over your your easel too badly or like um, using the wrong pen. I don't know. What I'd like to ask is, do you have any uh, advice for kids who are just getting into art and they're in their young, strong, flexible bodies? How can they protect themselves from things like uh, future back aches or wrist problems? Yeah, I think that that's actually a, a really good thing to bring up and that it is very often over overlooked. Uh, I see a lot of college students work themselves to the bone, and I've seen uh, some artists that require hand surgeries, sometimes late in their career, sometimes very early in their career. I know of a really talented artist who I won't name who is, has given up being an artist and switched to nursing school like three years through art school, uh, and they're incredibly talented, but their hands just couldn't take it anymore. So you really do have to take care of your body. Uh, you know, if you pace yourself, you got to take breaks. You got to. I think you do actually have to physically exercise your hands. Weirdly enough, um, I do a lot of wrist and hand exercises with like uh, those weird squeezy things. I have no idea what the names of any of these things are, but you squeeze things and they have resistance, and uh, it's not a bad idea. And I think that like I grew up playing tennis, so thankfully I I did a lot of forearm exercises by accident just wanting to play a sport and that has actually helped me really well i do see a lot of my colleagues go down like with bad like tendonitis of their, their tendons and just like having all sorts of issues and it really is a problem get enough sleep that's always a big one drink enough water uh i'm your grandma now uh <laughs> take care of your body they don't last forever so I am 32, and the decline in body, like, rebounding. When you're young, you can just, like, do whatever you want and, like, get hurt or just, like, eat horribly, and you'll just, like, feel fine the next day. But at this age, it's, like, all of that has slowed down so fast. <laughs> so... <laughs> Absolutely, artists, young artists, you have to take care of your bodies and you might not even take this advice because you think you're invincible like we did when we were younger, mm -hmm. but I'm going to say it anyways. You need to, first of all, 
have a good chair. Okay, like if you're not, yeah, right. Like if you're not gonna do the whole standing desk thing or like yoga ball thing or whatever. If you're if you are going to sit, don't put up with like a bad chair that stabs you in the spine or like I don't know makes your butt hurt and stuff like that. Like you're gonna be sitting on that for so many hours every day. Do it. Invest in a in a good chair. <laughs> And then, other than that, absolutely, you gotta get up. You gotta take walks. You have to stretch. You need to do your like wrist and hand stretches because your joints are just gonna, man. They just they just start getting old. <laughs> well, and especially because when you're an artist, you do so much repetitive motion with your hands, and like that affects yes. your arms and your shoulders and your back. But I ran ultra marathons for a couple of years, and I've done every sort of weird endurance event that there possibly can be. Um, but the thing that I think is underlooked a lot, um, and, and this is also why, like, I always feel like I have to say, like, I'm a former athlete because I hate this ridiculous trope in our industry that, like, we're just all a bunch of like people that just sit behind computers. Like, no, actually, a lot of us work out pretty consistently. But anyway, uh, yoga is one of the best things that I think you can possibly do. Um, specifically, because we're all behind computers all the time, there is a yoga instructor on YouTube. Um, yoga with Adrian, who has every type of yoga that you could possibly have, including an 11 minute video just for wrist stretches. Um, also like morning yoga is great. First thing that you do, cause what you'll find as I'll be 37 this year. And while I don't necessarily think that's old, I definitely know that I'm getting older <laughs> and you'll find that it gets, it just gets to be even more difficult waking your body up in the morning. So having like that 10 minutes just to stretch and do like very gentle yoga is unbelievable. We have to end it because we have kept all of our guests for over an hour because we've had such a lovely time talking. And usually I end this podcast with being like, do you guys think you got along? But you know what? I'm not even going to ask because I feel like you did. Um, so this has been great. Thank you so much for making the time. Um, thank you to Matt Connolly for our theme song. Thank you to Alex Cox, our pod father, uh, for making the studio work. Uh, listeners, if you know someone who's thinking about running a Kickstarter, send them a link to this show. Uh, if you are a game creator or a veteran and you are interested in being on the podcast email me trin at kickstarter.com uh how about to be adorable let's all say goodbye in three two one goodbye goodbye you can't see it but i'm waving goodbye